Hi everyone and welcome back to Future Star. To get us started off, I have a super, super important question, which is how do you throw a party for the solar system? <laughs> you plan it. And I can't lie, that one did get me a lot. Um, we can get started. So for this episode, I decided to stick with one of the most exciting questions, easiest questions, most asked questions when it comes to the solar system, which is if our Earth does fail, which many people think it will, uh, we're, we're reaching that point of no return when it comes to global climate change, uh, where will we go next? So I t listed out 10 different places that I think we could potentially move to. That's not true. Some of them I knew we couldn't move to. I guess I just listed 10 objects in our solar system, uh, connecting it back to the pun, um, and did a little bit of research for on each of them. I guess I knew a lot, a bit of information about these, but some of them, there were some crazy ideas here that I had never even thought about. So let's go ahead and dive into number 10. Uh, so number 10, I knew that this one was going to be at the bottom. Maybe I was a little bit biased at just sticking this in the bottom and not really moving it. And that's going to be the gas giants. So those are the uh, four planets on the outside of the solar system. So we have the sun and then we have four solid planets, which is Mercury, Venus, Earth, and Mars. Then we have this giant asteroid belt and then four gas planets, which are Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune. So these are literally just giant balls of gas. So we wouldn't really be able to land there. Um, if we did, we would start sinking deeper and deeper. And as we got deeper and deeper, it would get denser and denser. And eventually we would end up in this solid core so the mass or the density of these is about five times less dense than the earth it's super duper toxic mostly made out of just hydrogen and helium and they are incredibly far from the sun so they are super duper cold i just don't really see any way that we could potentially live here i couldn't really find any information about people who were trying to like come up with ideas of how we could live on gas giants so number 10 I strongly and firmly will stick with the gas giants. Number nine, I can't lie. I was hoping that this would like sneak its way to like the top three. Uh, a fun fact is that my mom's cousin or something like that discovered this X planet. Um, and that hint was leading towards Pluto. So rest in peace, Pluto. I miss you as a planet the first line so I like googled like living on Pluto to like see what some different ideas were and the first sentence I read was there's simply no way life on or let me say that again there's simply no way life could survive on the planet of Pluto that right there was devastating it is about negative 380 degrees Fahrenheit um that sounds cold I get cold just going into like 40 degree temperature um, so I don't even know what you do at negative 380 degrees Fahrenheit. There's no pressure. There's a teeny tiny atmosphere. Um, so you're getting hit with radiation all of the time. So not only could you die from the cold, you're probably going to die of radiation poisoning. Um, there's no pressure. So when you get close, so it is made out of a lot of ice. And so if you get in it, Pluto, as all the planets are, are in elliptical orbits around the sun. 
and as you get closer to the sun so when it's yeah closer um the ice actually turns into water vapor so i thought that was a little promising so that's why it went above the gas giants um i didn't know how tiny it was either it's two-thirds the size of the moon um which is this about the same surface area as russia so you could like wrap russia all around pluto and it would also fit in between uh, los angeles and san francisco so we don't know much about the surface um but pluto's my number nine just seems too cold but there you go <sighs> moving into number eight again i do have a vendetta against the idea of moving here and i think everyone should as well because it is 430 degrees in the daytime um and 100 or negative 170 degrees at night and so it's like the worst desert ever and that is going to be mercury so mercury is the planet's closest to the sun it has no atmosphere so you need to be in a constant spacesuit it has a ridiculous temperature change the highest temperature change in the entire solar system um, because it has no atmosphere i did read one idea in an article by jonathan o'callan which was to constantly say on that um line of like sunrise sunset so you're never in the daytime and you're never in the nighttime you're just constantly going in a circle around the planet um and that that might work but other than that unfortunately it doesn't look like we're gonna move to mercury which i'm not mad about because i don't want to accidentally like get stuck in the daytime and burn at 430 degrees fahrenheit so moving next to number seven, pretty similarly, um, it is going to be Venus. So Venus is known as the sister planet to Earth because it's super close in size to Earth and really similar gravity. Um, but here's the issue, and this is why I don't like it being called the sister planet to Earth, because it has the greenhouse effect, just like we have here on Earth, except it is way worse. The greenhouse effect actually makes it so the entire planet is 870 degrees Celsius, or Fahrenheit, sorry. Um, so that could be our future Earth, so just watch out. It has 14, 14 times the pressure of Earth, so I'm pretty sure that would mean that we explode I don't think it actually means that, but that's what it sounds like, at least. It's incredibly dry, um, and every th they've landed a spacecraft there, and the spacecraft literally melted. It's hot enough to melt lead there. So I don't even know why there's an idea of us moving to Venus. Um, there is some ideas that possibly there could be life in the clouds of Venus, so not like on the land, but up in the clouds. Um, it is made of thousands of volcanoes um that have canals that are 3,000 miles long of just lava so lava canals that are 3,000 miles long that just sounds fun so I would like to see a picture of that the only hope according to my research was if we lived on the flat parts of mercury and mercury is about two-thirds flat land so if we are going to move there, that is what we are going to have to live on, is a 870 degree surface. So next, I was hoping this one would sneak up a little bit higher too, um, but there you go, is going to be asteroids. So these are specifically the asteroids that are in the asteroid belt in between Mars and Jupiter. Uh, one legitimate idea for why we would go to asteroids is to mine on the asteroid. So if we wanted, this is specifically just talking about like living on an asteroid. Um, they're actually 
I just assumed that all asteroids were like rocks the size of my head, but the asteroids vary in sizes from the size of a house to the size of like hundreds of kilometers. Um, there is not really uh, an atmosphere on these, or at least a super, super tiny atmosphere because of its small gravity. Uh, so we would be getting hit with lots of radiation, also probably kill you. Um, there wouldn't be any great way to get energy because the solar energy doesn't really reach the asteroid belts very well. So you would need way, way, way uh, more solar panels than you would need here on Earth. The best bet is probably, if let's say, worst case scenario, we have to move to an asteroid uh, we'd need to live on a carbon-based asteroid uh, because they're made of 10% water, so that would be our best bet. Um, and another thing I found out was that asteroids aren't like giant boulders, which I thought they were. Um, they're actually like small rocks that are held together by gravity. So if you see a giant asteroid, it's literally just a ton of small rocks held together by gravity. So if we wanted to live on an asteroid, we couldn't really mine very well um, and we wouldn't really be able to like make um, a house underground to get away from the radiation because it would probably just collapse in on itself since they are just made of rocks. So that is going to round out the bottom five and now time for the fun top five um, and that is going to be starting off with um, one of the moons around Saturn, and that is going to be Enclades, which this one was kind of a new one for me. So Enclades um, is, it's going to be negative 330 degrees Fahrenheit, so yes, very cold. Um, but one fun thing I thought was that about half of the sky at all times would be Saturn. So you would just see giant Saturn um, taking up half of the sky at all times. Um, they do have some water there, and so the best bet would probably be, it's just like how Yellowstone has, like, geysers that spew up water, Enclades has geysers that spew out ice particles, which would be great for two reasons. So number one, ice, turn into water, we need that. Number two is that these geysers have a lot of energy, and so these energy that's spewing up these ice particles could also be turned into energy um, that would then be transferred into things like heat or um, light or energy to help us make our food. There's also possibly a ocean below the surface. They would estimate about 20 miles deep and possibly life in that ocean um, if we go 20 miles deep, not for sure. It does have 1% of the gravity um, of Earth. So just like how astronauts need to be working out a few times a day when they're up in space. Um, if you lived on Enclades, you would need to be working out a lot just to keep your body regulated. Um, but other than that, Enclades, number five. Um, there you go. And once we move up to number four, we have another Saturn moon, and that is going to be Titan. So one of uh, the articles I read by Chris McKay, he's an astrobiologist, he said that if you were in the um, outside half of the solar system, so past the asteroid belt, Titan would be the best place to make an emergency landing. So now if you're ever in that situation, you know where to land. Um, so it's a moon around Saturn, and it has a really dense atmosphere. 
um, with with real weather, cloud cover, and all of that, it's 95% nitrogen, and our Earth has 95% nitrogen in the atmosphere, so that is promising. It does have 5% methane, though, so that is not very good. It's negative 290 degrees Fahrenheit, so still quite cold, um, but it does have pretty good pressure. So all you would need is a breathing mask for oxygen and protection from the cold. You wouldn't necessarily need a spacesuit. Um, and it does have 14% the gravity of Earth. So you'd still need to have some weird body functions and would need to work out a lot, but definitely more promising than Enclades. And finally, moving up into the top three, we are starting off in number th in at number three with another moon, and that is going to be a moon around Jupiter called Europa. And I kind of thought going into this, Europa would be pretty high up on the list. So Europa is just a really big icy shell with an ocean below it. Um, and one of the most promising things about Europa is that it possibly has some of the chemicals of life. So in our body, we have things like carbon, nitrogen, hydrogen, oxygen, phosphorus, sulfur. And they think that Europa possibly has these. Um, and in this ocean, there could be some hot vents that would help create a more nutrient-rich area, just like our early atmosphere, and especially if they have salt water instead of fresh water, all of these could possibly mix together. So just like our early Earth, where we had all of these nutrients, the hot vents that made our first bacteria, possibly Europa has the same thing. So a few issues, though, being that Europa is getting blasted with radiation from Jupiter and it has a really thin atmosphere, so there's no chance that there's life on the surface of Europa because the radiation would kill it but this radiation possibly could go through the ice and heat up the water um, to give more energy for life in the ocean um, it is definitely too far from the sun to get heat but you could use this radiation from jupiter to be able to get some energy uh, life on earth right is made from photosynthesis so we need some energy um, maybe start photosynthesis on Earth. don't know how that would work exactly. Um, they did say that possibly the radiation splits the hydrogen or the water into hydrogen and oxygen, which again would help with some chemical reactions to help life thrive on Europa. <sighs> Definitely more promising than the other moons, but still that is at number three. So possibly we could be staring at Jupiter in our distant, distant future. And now we have two left. And at number two, this one was a new one for me. And it actually made me really excited. And I ran into this article called Humans Could Move to Floating Asteroid Belt Colony Within 15 Years. And this was by Harry Pettit in the New York Times. And he, according to his Twitter bio, is the Deputy Technology and Science Editor at The Sun. That sounded pretty promising. So... Currently, Ceres is a dwarf planet, and there's about five dwarf planets we know of, and they are all out past Neptune in something called the Kuiper Belt, except for one, which is Ceres, and Ceres is just in the um, asteroid belt in between Mars and Jupiter. So, if we were to, say, get a satellite, or basically um, a moving vehicle, 
um, and there is a prototype, a blueprint, that would fit about 50,000 people in the satellite, and you just put it in orbit around Ceres. So you're basically like the moon floating around the Earth. Um, and some things that we would want to also put in there that um, were kind of new to me is having a giant space elevator that goes from our satellite down into um, Ceres or whatever planet we decide to go around. Um, put it so you can attach the satellite down to the Earth so that way if you need to, you can go down to the planet, get any nutrients or any of the resources you needed, and then take the elevator back up. Um, a negative thing would be that you need a lot of energy to lift that elevator. Um, another negative thing is that it would take eight years to get from Earth to the asteroid belt. And with our current technology, no humans would survive that eight-year um, travel period. So that would be a negative. Um, it's about 325 million miles away from Earth. And so how do you get this mega satellite um, up into space with 50,000 people and then transferred all the way to Ceres. But that was just one idea. It was a new idea. Um, so there you go. Finally, um, this is not very surprising. And I was hoping that somehow something would take this first place spot. But unfortunately, or fortunately, um, I'm going to stick with Elon Musk and say that if we have to leave Earth, the most likely place that we will have to go is Mars. So currently, um, there's a few plans that different nations have to move to Mars. The UAE has a legitimate 100-year plan to colonize Mars. Um, Elon Musk has the idea of basically nuking the South and um, North Caps to release a bunch of carbon dioxide to hopefully make an atmosphere. And I know that he's a lot smarter than I am, but my thought process is when the Earth, let's say four and a half billion years ago, was just a bunch of carbon dioxide, it took billions of years to turn that carbon dioxide into oxygen and you needed some plants, you needed an ocean to dissolve a lot of that carbon dioxide. Um, so it's not looking promising, but some of the good things is that it does have 38% of the gravity of Earth, so we would still bounce around a little bit. Um, but there's just so many negatives. You'd still need a pressure suit to get there. So uh, it doesn't have enough pressure. So you need to wear a pressure suit at all times. It's negative 125 degrees to 23 degrees Fahrenheit. So a little bit warmer, uh, probably the best temperature besides Earth. There is no atmosphere, so it's constantly sunny. Um, they also did find that when they were doing some experience or experiments that when they had bacteria, it can survive on the planet. So whether that helps um, make more food or make energy uh, that can be transferred into different types of um, heat or light energy, that would be promising. And I'm not sure that bacteria so far has survived on any other planets or asteroids. Um, but to be honest, space exploration, if we're, for the past 50 years since the moon landing, it's been quite dead. Um, and I really do appreciate Elon Musk and the other billionaires that are really pushing space exploration. Although maybe they shouldn't be billionaires, they are. And I appreciate a little bit of what they are doing with their money. 
um, in, in putting this research into Mars. Um, it only takes about six to nine months to get to Mars, which is a long time, but not as bad as getting to, um, say, the asteroid belt, which again was eight years. Um, and because of that, the, the, there's a tiny, tiny possibility that Mars would work, so it is going to be up top. And just to reiterate this, um, it is fun researching all of this, but at the end of the day, the best place to live is Earth. So although it's fun to do all of these research and think about all these hypotheticals, I am a strong believer in fixing the Earth so that way human civilization can stay here uh, forever. But thank you guys for listening to my top 10 Um I, I hope you um, learned something and let me know if you have any other ideas or any other uh, places that you would want to move to in the solar system. Maybe next time we'll do like House Hunters Intergalactic Edition and look at some of the planets outside of our solar system. But thank you guys so much and I will see you soon, future stars.